Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing going through the Gospels, Matthew 21 specifically, but we're doing some cross-references. So we're going to be in Luke 19 today, which gives us an account of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And we've already covered Matthew, we've covered Mark. We're going to look at Luke, and then we'll look at John too. All four Gospels speak of this. And there's a lot of detail that each Gospel gives that is needed for the whole uh, total understanding of what happens here. So Luke chapter 19, verse 29 says this. When Jesus approached, and here's the name of that city again. Remember how we said it? Bethphage. It looks like Bethphage, but Bethphage. Practice that with me. Ready? Bethphage. So when Jesus approached Bethphage and Bethany, near the mount that is called the Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a coat tied on which no one has yet ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. So in the previous episode, we went into a little detail out there just thinking about that, of how Jesus had been gave them the precise instructions, told them what would happen, actually told them what might happen if somebody responded. If somebody responded and said a particular kind of thing, then this is what they were to say. And I ask you to think about this, and I think we should still think about this quite a bit. What if we lived in that kind of way, folks? If we lived in the way to where we're hearing the voice of the Lord, where we know what He wants us to do, and that we're receiving His guidance and instruction through His Word, through His Spirit, through His body, something that uh, a lot of protesters get nervous over, okay? But you see it in the Scripture. What if we were to live that way? I, I dare say it would change everything, okay? So let's continue, verse 32. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. <laughs> shock, shock. Hey, it's exactly like Jesus told us, verse 33. As they were untying the coat, its owners, notice plural, said to them, why are you untying the coat? So in the previous Gospels, it said that, you know, people in the crowd and some things like this said, why are you doing this? Well, now we learned that it's not just people in the crowd. It's people in the crowd that are also on those animals. And we saw in Matthew, there's two of them. Verse 34, they said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus, and they threw their coats on the coat and put Jesus on it. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully <clears throat> with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. Let me stop in the middle of the sentence right here. This is very precise, is it not? They say, as soon as he approached near the descent of the Mount of Olives, in other words, where they're about to go downhill right here, it's a pretty precise geographical location. At this point right here, uh, the crowd of the disciples, so the people that were believing, they started praising God. And they praise God joyfully, and they praise God joyfully with a loud voice. Why? For all the miracles that they had seen in Jesus. They were praising God for this. 
Then verse 8, 38 tells us that they were shouting, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. So we see here that Luke, uh, again, quoting that Psalm 118, but he calls him the king. Not only is blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, but blessed is the king. Then Luke continues in verse 38, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Boy, is that not echoes of what the angels said on the night that Jesus was born right there. So the people are praising and declaring that Jesus is the king, and he's the king sent in the name of the Lord, and they're doing so because of what they had seen him do, the miracles they'd seen. Well, I wonder how the religionists were reacting to that. <laughs> uh, we don't have to wonder. It tells us the next verse, verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered. Now listen to what Jesus says. I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. See, Jesus is entering in Jerusalem on a coat. And we learned from the previous gospel accounts that this was prophesied, that this would happen. And Jesus is not going along waving his arms at everybody and smiling at everybody like some pageant queen. No, because he knows he's riding into his death. He knows that he's riding in to take on the sins of all these that are proclaiming that he's king. He also knows that they're proclaiming that he's king right now. And in a very, very short period of time, they're going to be demanding that he be crucified. Here's a principle for you folks. Don't believe the masses. I, I remember that was probably the very first fax that I wrote back, I think it was 1990. That's back when you sent faxes out. You sent emails. Now we send all sorts of things, right? But I was just so struck with that thing of the masses because more often than not, the masses are wrong. They're incorrect. So, verse 41, listen to this carefully. When Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. This is the only gospel that tells us this. Jesus is crying over Jerusalem, and this is what he said. If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace. Now, what had they just said? That they'd been crying out, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They'd been saying that unto him. Now he's crying out, if you only knew what makes for peace, Jesus continues. But now they have been hidden from your eyes. Verse 43. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. That is so, so, so important, people. So important. Jesus is speaking over Jerusalem, okay? He, he's, he's weeping over Jerusalem, and he's saying this. And he's saying what? <clears throat> the day's going to come when your enemy's going to surround you, and they're going to level you to the ground. A part of this occurred in 70 A.D., and other part of it occurred in the beginning of the 2nd century, where Jerusalem was literally level and salted. Jerusalem has been raised back up right now, right? Correct. But in the last days, there's going to come a time where it's going to look like that Jerusalem's going to be absolutely annihilated. All of this happened from our perspective and will happen from our perspective because of this one thing, because you did not recognize 
the time of your visitation. The time of your visitation? Who's visiting? They didn't recognize the fact that Jesus was Messiah and that Messiah had come, and they rejected him. Now, were there individuals that believed? Yes, yes. Many, many Jewish people believed. But as a whole and as a people and as a nation, they did not believe. Even after Jesus was resurrected, uh, the Scripture describes it this way. There was not a small number of the priests that believed, which means a bunch of the priests believed. But even then, the bulk of the Jewish religious leadership did not believe, did not recognize the time of their visitation when Messiah came the first time. And because of that, Jerusalem would be raised to the ground. It has been, and it will be again. Jesus told me that. Serious stuff. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time.